Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downing. Welcome to Light the Lamp here on Duckstream. I am your host, Alexis Downey. Another week in the books, and it is the first full week of the new year. A busy one here at the Anaheim Ducks with a number of games as they continue their homestand. And a big win on a Wednesday against the Dallas Stars as a part of that. John Gibson's first shutout of the season. It was one of the best games that the Ducks have played to this date. But I'll have more on the game as well as the two matchups between Friday night and Sunday night in Monday's episode. And why is that? Well, instead of doing a traditional show today, I wanted to change it up and get straight to the interview because I am so excited to share it with you guys. You've heard from a number of different people around the NHL, but today I want to share the story of someone you probably see a lot of, but really don't know much about. Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the cup, as you might know him on Twitter, or if you've met him in person, and also the curator of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Phil has been there for all of these big moments over the years with the Stanley Cup. He has so many incredible stories, including some about the Anaheim Ducks when they won the Cup back in 2007. I really enjoyed this one, and I know you guys are going to as well. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Phil. A very special guest joins us now on Light the Lamp. If you've ever seen the Stanley Cup, he is likely right by it somewhere. Phil Pritchard, the keeper of the Stanley Cup. Phil, great to have you on Duckstream. Oh, hey, we're thrilled to be part of it and uh, share some stories and who knows what will happen. <laughs> well, I feel like I have so many questions for you, but going back to the very beginning, I want to know, was it always hockey for the, you that you loved? Uh, you know what? It's it's funny because growing up, I was uh, I'm English descent from uh, Northern England, actually up near from where Lord Stanley's from. Mm. So my uh, my family wasn't really into hockey, but on our street we lived on a dead end street, and everybody played road hockey and street hockey. So I started playing too, and that and that's how I got into hockey, and it just kind of kept growing from there. And now, years later get to do it for a living it, it's it's pretty special and, and uh i'm very honored to do it in that but to to say way back when i was a teenager that i was gonna travel with the stanley cup not even not even a thought in my dreams i i wanted i wanted to win the stanley cup probably like anyone else that put on skates was so that was the goal then when you were a kid you wanted to be a hockey player i wanted to be a hockey player <laughs> I, I, I think at about 14 i realized there's no way i'm gonna be playing hockey anywhere so what was your favorite team? Uh, growing up, I was a Montreal Canadian fan. Okay. So living in Southern Ontario, Toronto area, you don't get a lot of Montreal fans. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of Toronto fans, a lot of uh, Buffalo Sabre fans because of the area we're in. But I was a Montreal fan. My very first game I ever, I actually listened to on the radio, Montreal won. Mm. And I figured that's good enough. So I was a <laughs> Montreal fan then and. But you know what? Now I get to hang out with the winners. So how do you how do you beat that? Yeah, I was gonna ask who you who you're a fan of now, but it might just change every year with whoever wins yeah. the cup. <laughs> exactly, and and it, it's so fun because you get to meet the winning team, everybody that surrounds it, the, the, not only the players but the management, the coach, the staff, 
the people that work in their offices. And it, it's, you can see why they're Stanley Cup champions because mm. they're, they're so tight as a team and bonded as a team. And, and each year <clears throat> when I get the opportunity to walk the red carpet with the cup and present it to uh, <clears throat> the winning team, you see that team and you see how they've grown together and how special it is. And it's, well, I say I get to hang out with the winners. I'm, I'm pretty lucky that way. Is that one of the best parts about the job? I, I think for me, it, it, that is obviously you get to see the smiles mm-hmm. of everyone's faces. Mm-hmm. But also you get to hear their stories of of how they've got to where they are, uh, who's important to them, who helped them along the way. And, and you know what, what's really fun about it is is when you meet their families in that mm-hmm. and you you can see why they're you can see why they're a champion. They've uh, they've been brought up well, they've they're part of a team that's in a good frame of mind and and everything everything is positive and, and that's what you want to see. Well, let's go back a little bit more to your beginning with the Hockey Hall of Fame. Was this how your story as the keeper of the cup began necessarily, or how did that happen? It, it was uh, it was different because I, I used I was working for the Ontario Hockey League at the time, which is the uh, one of the governing bodies of hockey in Canada, which mm-hmm. in the province of Ontario. And my boss at the time had an idea for a job opportunity at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and he thought I'd be a good fit for it. And funny enough, a week later, I'm working at the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's I didn't really go in and apply for the job. It wasn't really a job there. It just kind of became a job. <laughs> and today, I look back at that time and think what it started as and what it is now. I mean, I'm not only the keeper of the cup, so to speak, but I'm also the curator at the hall and preserving hockey history. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I guess they go hand in hand with the Stanley Cup because it's got a great history behind it and dates back 130 years. So the game of hockey, the Stanley Cup, it, it's they've kind of all grown up together. And to be part of that as a historical side of things is pretty unique. Were you a history buff growing up? I like the trivia and stuff like that. I love I love the stats. I don't think I'm a trivia pursuit expert in any way, or I, I think I bomb on Jeopardy all the time. But but I I, I think now in the uh, in the world of hockey, I can hold my own probably. <laughs> but I, I think as I, I've grown in the job, I, I seem to realize how important history is, mm-hmm. not only in sport or hockey, but it but in life we. Uh, we learn by our mistakes, whatever it might be. And as, as long as we keep educating ourselves, I think history is important. Now, you're also the vice president of the Hockey Hall of Fame, correct? Correct, yes. So with that role, I mean, obviously the Hockey Hall of Fame has grown so much over the years because of all the continued history that happens in the NHL. But the experience going to the Hockey Hall of Fame for anyone that hasn't been, I actually have been and I absolutely loved it. Um, what is that like if someone wants to go and see everything that's there? Well, I, I think you, you kind of hit it in the statement there. Hockey has grown so much. Mm-hmm. It's now played in it's over 95 countries around the world now, which makes it a pretty global sport. And when you think, put it in that terms, as a traditional cold winter sport, it's played around the world. It's played below the equator. It's played above the equator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be a cold uh, country to play hockey now they can make it ice anywhere 
You look at world championships or Olympics, some of the countries that participate in it. And arguably, they all want to play in the best league in the world, the National Hockey League, come over and play, and then beyond to uh, get the chance to win the Stanley Cup. And if you look at some of those names on the Cup now, where they've come from, it, it's pretty special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about your time with the Cup. I mean, obviously, in-season is very busy. You're always going around to different events, too. But I'm curious about the off-season and what that's like in terms of after the Stanley Cup is won and you're just kind of hanging out with it. Because I see on your Twitter page, it was at Christmas. It, it goes everywhere with you. Yeah, it is. It, it, I guess it's kind of like a, a flag, flagship to the game of hockey. It's the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. So we do travel a lot throughout the season, but in the off season, it's that's the big time. Uh, yeah. The winning team gets a hundred days with it. And during that hundred days, they have their team photos, they have their parades, they have their partner obligations, but then the members of the team all get a chance to take the cup home. And that's not their home in their hockey town. That's their home where they're from. So the travel schedule is pretty amazing i think we've traveled to 30 countries now with the stanley cup if wow. i'm not mistaken but the opportunity to take it home and and spend a day with that stanley cup champion meet their family meet their friends see what they're really like off the ice it, it's pretty special I, I i love every day of them of, of going out on the road and, and meeting that and it hey you got a 36 inch silver object that you bring along it brings a lot of smiles too. <laughs> What is one of the more unique places that you've gone to with it? Uh, I think for me, Northern Finland and Northern Sweden is is pretty amazing mm. because in the summertime, they are so far north, they have 24 hours a day sunlight. So they're, oh. the days are a lot different than we would traditionally think here in North America of our our summer days. So there is a lot of fun. Uh, I remember the first time we got the opportunity to go to China. The NHL had uh, expanded exhibition games into China. We took it on the Great Wall of China. Mm. And to stand on the Great Wall of China with the Stanley Cup, like that's that's not, that wasn't in my five-year plan to do (laughs) way back. But it was so special because people from all over the world are there. And they see the Stanley Cup and they're not sure what to say and mm-hmm. they and they go from there. So it's it, it's pretty unique. Uh, it, it brings a lot of smiles, like you said, and a lot of stories behind it, too. And I think if it could talk, it would be it'd be a bestseller. <laughs> it could probably write a really long book, too. I'm not sure. Karen, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, with the trips, when you get to see fans from all over the world, I mean, does it still hit you how extraordinary those moments are and how much it really encapsulates people? Does it, do you still see that? uh, Every time. I mean, Mm -hmm. first of all, when I, when I get the opportunity to walk on the red carpet with a cup and present to the, I can still get the chills up my spine. It's pretty amazing because it's a new chapter in this, in the story of the Stanley Cup. But the chances when you get to go home to meet their family and you see how excited they are and how welcoming they are, it's a it's a great opportunity. And yeah, it's a lot of travel days. And as we all know in sport, the the hours are unique and the hours are long. But we're there because we love what we do. And to share that with 
with Stanley Cup winners or, or someone that's seen it for the first time or the 50th time and hear their story on why they're a hockey fan, it's pretty special. Well, you mentioned taking it to Finland. Now it was Northern Finland, but I know Tamu Solani brought it to Finland when he won the cup back in 2007. Were you a part of that trip? Yeah, that's the uh, longest Stanley Cup party I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was funny. Why is that? When, uh, well, when Timo, when Anaheim won, obviously, they only had two Europeans on the team. They had Timo and they had uh, Ilya Brzgalov, the other goaltender. And he was in... Samara, Russia, I think it is, mm. middle of Russia. And we went to Timo first, and then to fly from Helsinki to Samara, the flights at the time didn't go daily. Mm. So it was either we fly somewhere and stay overnight or just let's stay in Finland. <laughs> and, you know, we told Timo that. He said, well, why would you go anywhere else? Just stay with me. <laughs> so I think we got there, I want to say Friday morning, maybe, and we left Sunday afternoon or something. <laughs> Most guys, their days are uh, one day only. Timo, of course, Timo style, he gets two and a half days somehow. <laughs> so, but it just all worked that way because of the flights and all that. And it's when we do the travel, when we go to Europe, you have to do it all in one trip. You can't go back right. and forth. It's just, it takes too many days out of your 100 days allotment. So we stayed with him and being in Finland, he uh, he's lives right off the ocean. We were out on his cabin cruiser. We we're at karaoke bars. <laughs> and as everyone knows, Timo, he he could be the president of Finland. He could be the president of whatever <laughs> yep. he wants. It's 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 Mr. Solani. Like, <laughs> how do you want to look at it? Uh, great guy. Love love chatting with him even today when I see him. It, it's always a lot of fun. But his days, he shared it with as many people as he could inside of Helsinki and outside of Helsinki. We got to uh, obviously go to his house, his cottage where all his cars were kept. And I think we got photos with all his cars and everything. <laughs> uh, it, it was a, it was a lot of fun. He he made a lot of people happy. Went to sick kids hospitals. Uh, I mean, he, he got his whole role, why he was a Stanley Cup champion and who he had to share it with. And he got that opportunity. It was great. Now, from that same year and that same team with the Ducks, were there any other stories that you can think of that stand out besides, of course, going to Finland? <clears throat> well, you know what? It was, it's funny because right after that, when we went to Brzgalovs mm -hmm. in, uh, in Samara, and I'm pretty sure it was Samara, he actually was in a, a theater production play there oh. as we were there. So the Stanley Cup was in a theatrical play, and he was playing <laughs> – he was playing a pirate. Oh my gosh. Is there a and video of this? Was... Pardon? Is there a video have, of this? I have photos. I have photos. photos. I don't have videos. <laughs> that was 2007. Our cell phones aren't like they are now. Right, right. That's true. Uh, but you know what? He, it was great. He, he, what a great guy. What a fun guy. Him and his, uh, his wife and his son. They're great family in that. He had a lot of fun with it. We went on a, uh, a boat down the, the river in town and that. And, spent time we, I think we had a picnic on the beach there too in that but at night I remember we we went to his theatrical production <laughs> it, it was pretty cool I mean it was I don't speak Russian well mm -hmm. I'm lucky to speak English well <laughs> but it was fun to see it all and he was dressed up in his pirate attire and that and 
long before Twitter, that one. So unfortunately, there's, there's not a lot on there. We might have to that. pull those photos out from the archive <laughs> yeah, so I can yeah. see them. That's hilarious. Sure one time, sure. <laughs> have you been able to learn many languages, though? I mean, getting to be around all of these different uh, countries? You know, you know, the first time, it was a great question, because the first time I went to Russia, I had this plan. Well, if I'm coming here, I might as well figure out how to learn. And I was talking to some of the players, and they said, you should start by reading. Because the, the language is so fast. And so I, I started trying to pick up words here and there. So I don't think I'm going to get lost or anything in Russia or Sweden and Finland. I might be able to convince them to, to buy me a beer or something. <laughs> like but I, you know what? I mean, I guess we're fortunate here in North America. English is a language of the world. So you always find someone to speak English. But I, I feel kind of rude sometimes when we go to their countries and they have to speak English for us. I mean, it's that's not their native language. So I just let them speak away and try and pick up words when I can and when need to. If we got to speak English, we speak English. Now, when you're traveling with the cup, I'm curious, do you ever get nervous? Like, ha have you ever like unintentionally lost it or anything like that? I mean, I feel like I would be really nervous just watching it go into the plane and just not seeing it. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, it, it's funny you say that because when we first started, we we did have the opportunity to bring the cup right into this, buy it a seat actually and have it sit beside us if we needed to. I mean, that has all changed and our world has changed a few times since then. Uh, <clears throat> but we're very fortunate as well. The the airlines, it, it is pretty important in, in the big scheme of things. The airlines are, are pretty patient with checking things in and, and understanding that. And usually we have to get there a bit earlier so everyone can get photos and make sure like that. If, if we can get a photo with one of their baggage guys, we'll know that it gets on the plane okay and everything and, and we can go from there. Uh, we've been very fortunate. It, there's been a couple of times that it hasn't made a connection in that. Mm. But I know you can't see, but fingers crossed here that it, it, we, <laughs> we make it all the time. <laughs> you almost need like an air tag or something in the case. Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, when they came out at, at COVID time, we do have a couple of them that we carry with now. Okay. Maybe. That's smart. <clears throat> so, yeah, but if we arrive somewhere and the cup's not there, the air tag, I mean, it's going to tell us where the cup is, but it's going <laughs> to really affect the player's day, even though it's not there or not. Right. So, so we'll keep our fingers crossed and we'll keep working with the airlines and making <laughs> sure they get their photos taken and making everyone happy. And let's see what goes on from there. Right. Well, when you look at these last couple seasons of the Stanley Cup, I mean, you mentioned it, the world has changed a lot, especially during the COVID times. And I'm sure that that year in particular was unique for the Stanley Cup, too. Oh, for, for sure it was. I mean, for we think, first of all, we look at the NHL, they, they had the bubble mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Edmonton and Toronto. So that was a, a unique time for sport, especially in hockey, when they were all... Uh, living basically together within the hotel around the rink and all that. But then, uh, <clears throat> so in 2020, when Tampa won after the NHL bubble and flying back to Tampa, and a lot of people are, I, I want, I'm going to use the word nervous, mm -hmm. uh, to be around, per, to be around gatherings of people. And they, they had their parade. They actually had their parade in the river outside of Tampa to keep a distance so people could 
get far apart and everything. Mm -hmm. And the cup was dented. Uh, was that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was the famous moment. <laughs> yeah, that was the famous moment. I mean, moment. it seems to happen kind of often too, though. Well, it, it does, unfortunately. And I, I, the guys, uh, it's tough when it happens. Mm -hmm. And I doubt any player will ever admit that it's a good thing. Like, it's, right. it's hockey history. And we've got a great silversmith in Montreal. And Louise, he's able to fix it all the time. And we, want, we don't want it to happen. But it, it does happen. And, and back to that Tampa moment, it did happen after the parade that year. It it was an awful moment. It was on video and everything and social media and that. Yeah. But it, it just kind of summed up the way the COVID world was working at that time. And things just, you think we're going right and then they go wrong. And people were getting COVID and we were in hotels that the restaurants weren't open because of the rules and everything. And mm -hmm. It was a it was a unique time. Uh, I mean, you take nothing away from the Tampa Bay Lightning because they spent that whole time in the bubble, and I think they were in there 65 days or something that mm -hmm. they had to stay in that bubble, and they won it so good for them. Probably one of the most difficult or enduring Cup wins that ever. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> but it did it did present positive and negative sides of it as we came out of COVID the next year. And as we move forward, it, it changes our life. What has been one of the more unique moments that you've seen happen with the cup, whether it was someone being impacted by seeing it, maybe a, a child or really anything in the sense of what, what's the story that you, that just stands out in your mind that was really unique? Well, there's, there's a couple of them and they're not individual stories. They're, okay. they're things that happen. Uh, it's very emotional. I'm gonna I, actually I'll switch it to powerful. It's a very powerful moment mm. when a player or a Stanley Cup champion takes it to a cemetery for a past one. Mm. It's 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 so special for them to be share that moment with them of with their loved one who's passed. But it, it's so powerful as well. There's there's not a lot of words that are said at it, and it's. It's probably a bit uncomfortable for everybody, but they do it because because of the love they have and the heart that they want to share with them. Those moments are always unique. I I never take photos at those events. Right. I never take video. I mean, it's that's a really personable moment. Also, when they go to uh, sick kids mm. and share mm. the cup with them to see them smile, it's it's pretty cool. Like it. The, the pain that the kids go through and if we can make them smile another day and it helps them a bit, maybe it helps them a ton. That's, that's always special as well. Mm. And sure, the players are an important part of that and the Stanley Cup's important in it, but I, I think as a group, to be able to do that, it's pretty special. Well beyond the ice, but it's it's pretty unique. Yeah, that's one of the things in hockey too is just the community around it. Uh, it's it's very special, and I can imagine how impactful that those moments are to see. Yeah, and I think you hit it right on. The community in hockey is pretty special. They they are, are very team, very family oriented, and mm -hmm. and when they can share the so called wealth of the Stanley Cup with other people and and ones that have gone through hardships and that, it's pretty cool. Well, on the contrary. I want to talk about maybe some crazier moments that you've had with the Stanley Cup too. First of all, have you ever drank from the cup? 
I mean, you're around it all the time. I'm sure you've had the opportunity. <laughs> I've had the opportunity a ton of times. I have drank out of it once in 1997. Okay. In, in Moscow and Russia. Oh. And it was the uh, first time the cup was in Russia. A huge moment, mm-hmm. very historical for for so many reasons to take the cup over to Russia after the miracle on ice in 1980 when U.S. beat Russia and Canada beat Russia in 72. It's It was looked at as one of those countries that was against North America, but sharing their greatest hockey players with our greatest hockey players was, was pretty special. But to be with the Detroit Red Wings when they went overseas to Russia, share it with their friends and family, it was pretty special. And the first... I think it was the first night we were there. They uh, they got this special Russian vodka that they drank out of it, and they wanted me to drink out of it as well. And and I explained to them, I, hey, I don't do that. I didn't win it. I right. never earned that right. And they kind of threw it back at me and said, you're part of hockey history right now. Mm-hmm. It's here mm-hmm. in Russia for the first time. You're, we're sharing this moment together. Whether you're a Stanley Cup champion or not, mm-hmm. this moment will never happen again. So... They guilted me into it and drinking <laughs> vodka out of the Stanley Cup. <laughs> so I didn't get off easy with just beer or wine or anything like that. It, it was Seems straight Russian vodka. for Russia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's the only time I've ever done that. Mm. Uh, I've been asked a, a lot of it before, but I honestly think you have to win that to drink out of it. And I know not everyone thinks that way, but I, I guess hanging out with it long enough, the the vibes of the uh, the history of the cup and what it means and what it represents. I, I still try to be old school. Does your family get to see it very often? Uh, they've come a, a, a bunch of times to events and, and things like that. I, I If I bring the cup home, it's on the way through to somewhere else. Mm. I, I don't try and have it at my house overnight. I right. don't want to be that responsible for it if I don't have to. <laughs> uh, but they, ha- they all have. Uh, I've got photos with my my wife and myself with our kids and that even my dog has a photo. With him too, so. <laughs> uh, another moment that stood out to me a little bit, and I was actually in D.C. the summer that the Capitals won the cup not a couple years ago. Uh, you know how crazy that summer was and how much D.C. and the Capitals embraced winning the Stanley Cup. Watching Ovechkin and the rest of the Capitals act the way they did with the cup what was that like well I I think first of all I think the city of Washington or the area of Washington needed that they needed Mm. they needed something to tie themselves together and they hadn't had a champion in sport in a long time and the bandwagon of the Capitals kept building as building as they went on in the playoffs and then it was I, I think when they won it on the ice in Las Vegas and the emotion that Alex Ovechkin let go on the ice there was was pretty amazing. And so we we kind of had an idea then. But I remember the first night they won the cup. We're in Las Vegas. We're in the hotel room in Las Vegas. The team had a big party right in the hotel, and all their family and friends flew in from Washington for it. So we're in uh, downtown Las Vegas at a party celebrating the Washington Capitals win, and then. Alex decides that he wants to go to uh, one of the local hotels for the night, take it out on the street. So I'm talking to him and I said, Alex, you know, you don't really 
take the cup out in a visiting city. That's kind of disrespectful. If you won in Washington, it's great, but you don't. And he says, Bill, Las Vegas is a town of everybody. Mm. Nobody's from Las Vegas. They're from all over the world, <laughs> mostly people from everywhere. And there'll be people from Washington. I said, well, good point. So so we, we, we got in the team bus and we went down Las Vegas Boulevard. And if you've been to Las Vegas, that boulevard's a mess all the time. It's just wall-to-wall vehicles. And we weren't moving very fast. And Alex decided, well, let's get out. We'll, we'll walk as a team down Las Vegas Boulevard and in the MGM Grand. And that we did. They had their, their, their uh, golf shirts on. Some guys had jerseys on. Alex has the cup over his head. And we walk right into MGM Grand. And, and it was like the world's biggest rock star had just gone oh. into a casino. Because people are on slot machines on their phone going, I think the Stanley Cup just walked by. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> they don't even know what time it is. <laughs> no, they have no idea. They don't know if it's light, dark out, but they see this silver thing walk by and 30 guys walk by and we go right into the uh, the nightclub and, and it was crazy. So that night kind of went all night. So I'm thinking, okay, this, here we go. Yeah, we here we go. <laughs> We land in Washington, and I think for about a week straight through Alexandria, Virginia, and Washington, and Baltimore, like the whole area. We were ever. We were at baseball games. We were at, I think, every bar going, and it was like the the world's biggest fan club was following us everywhere we went, and everything was on social media. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. It was a a long a long week. Mm-hmm. But then it capped off with the parade. And if there's a town that knows how to do parades, it's it's Washington because of all the parades they've done for political things and everything. Mm-hmm. And the parade was, un, it was amazing. And it was so well done going down the main streets and then to uh, by the, the Capitol building and up by the White House and that. And, and then the summer began. I mean, we were already exhausted after seven <laughs> days and we had another 93 days to go yet. Mm-hmm. And, it was funny because that year was also the World Cup of Soccer in Russia. Mm. And, of course, Alex wants to take it back to Russia right in the middle of Team Russia's playing the day we were there. Uh, and it was just it just went from one one party to another to another to another. So being in Washington at that time, I, I think you really see how the city bonded together and how they all became capital fans and great for the city. Mm-hmm. It, it was a great experience, met some great people along the way and still in touch with a bunch of them today. Well, you touched on it a little bit, all of the social media coverage that happened during that. And obviously social media has grown so much, uh, especially in the last couple of years, I feel like. Do you think that and now the Stanley Cup has a Twitter, too, which I'm curious, yeah. are you a part of that? Well, you know what we do? So I. The, the Twitter site and the Instagram and TikTok that I have is called Keeper of the Cup. Yes. So we work together with the Stanley Cup site and that to to do fun stuff. And it, it's it's not serious stuff. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to get the heart pumping type of thing and, and share some cool stories in that. And, and you're right. Social media has grown and continues to grow. But it's the way people can relate to one another now and that. And so it it. it it's really exciting to see when you put something on Twitter or something, the the uh, responses you get and and what mm-hmm. people are reacting to and things like that. And it, it shows you hockey 
hockey is important 12 months a year, not just, not just while they're playing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, one more thing on the story's end. Obviously, the Colorado Avalanche won this year. How was their celebrations over the summer, and what, what did that look like? Well, I, I think for Colorado, it was, it, was, it was very unique, but very the same, because it was their third time winning the Stanley Cup during their career. Uh, they won it once in the 90s, then once in the early 2000s, and then now. So a lot of the fans that they've gathered over the years are into their next generation now, and their kids are becoming hockey fans. So it was a big plug for hockey in Colorado, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, the team itself, from Joe Sackick down, and, and the Cronkies, the owners as well, great people to deal with. Uh, <clears throat> the players were great. I think they only had like one or two guys that had won the Cup before. So it was all new to them, and it was all a great experience in that. And you can see why guys want to win the Cup more than once. They have a, they have a great mm -hmm. season. They have a great offseason. And it's it's a lot of fun, and it's so special in that. And they get that bug into them in that. But we were in, I think we were in seven countries this past summer with the Avalanche. Wow. Uh, five overseas, and then Canada and U.S. here. So. And that hundred day tour, we did. We went to a lot of different places and made a lot of people happy. And I think they sold a lot of Avalanche shirts. And probably in two thousand seven, a lot of Duck shirts were sold in too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, is there a team that you'd like to see win the Cup anytime soon? A city that you want to see get the opportunity to embrace the Stanley Cup? Well. I don't, I don't know if there's one city. I mean, I, mm -hmm. there's a lot of teams out there that have never had the opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. I would love mm -hmm. to see those get the chance, not only for their players and team, but for their fans. Because there's, we got some great hockey fans in, in the sport of hockey. And to share it with them, that, that's what makes it special. Because there's some teams that have been around since the 60s that haven't had the chance to win the Stanley Cup yet. And, teams from the seventies and then, and even newer teams and that, but I, I'd love to see one day every team win that Stanley cup. I know it might be very impossible because there's a lot of good teams out there, but I think what the Stanley cup does, it, it gives that the share of, of what hockey is and mm -hmm. the more we can share it, the more the game will grow. Now you're currently sitting in your office and behind you, it looks like a lot of memorabilia. I'm sure you've gained so many things over the years, but like, what, what are some of the things that stand out? What, what do you have behind you that, you, well, you know, that, yeah. it's of interest. I, I, I got to apologize for my office here because it's, I don't have a studio. It's a bunch of history. It looks like. Yeah, it is. It's so well said. And you know what? We, we, the game of hockey has grown so much in the past 140 years and it, it's played in 90 countries around the world, as we were talking about earlier. So to preserve that history, we, we do the best we can, not just national hockey league, but Olympics, minor hockey, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And as you can see behind me, there's a lot of mini awards and memorabilia and collectibles and stuff. And, and at the hockey hall of fame, we do our best to tell that story. So when the guest comes through, they learn about not only hockey today, but the history of it, what it means to each city where they play or each country in that. And uh, I mean, I, I I love the game, as I was telling you off the top. But to be able to walk through the hall, as you said you did, uh, we have 85,000 square feet of hockey history. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. for 
for anyone that's a hockey fan that hasn't been here, it's a great place to uh, to come to. You get to play interactive games, but more than that, you get to see the game itself grow up. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try and we try and preserve the history and tell the story of this great game. Phil Pritchard, so awesome to have you here on DuckStream. I loved learning all about your stories with the Stanley Cup and about your role with the Hockey Hall of Fame, too. Hopefully, we can get the Stanley Cup out here to Anaheim in the coming years for a celebration. <laughs> well, hey, let's do it. You had it once. You had a great summer. So we, it's all I'm all for looking again. Yeah, you're back in town. Come by and say hi. And any listeners in the area, love to meet you as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. Having Phil on was so much fun. And I think one of the biggest things that I took away from this interview is how close and powerful the hockey community is. The Stanley Cup continues to touch the lives of so many people, not only the ones that win it, but all of the fans that get to see it and touch it for the first time. I remember my first time touching the Stanley Cup. I was in high school with my family in my hometown, and it just gives you chills every time. I think I've seen it since then. It's such a special moment, and hockey in general is just such a special sport. We're really lucky to have such deep and rich traditions in this sport. And also get to see all of that. And you can at the Hockey Hall of Fame. If you're ever in Toronto, I highly suggest you go and check it out. It is so cool. I absolutely loved it when I was there. A lot of different history to see, as well as all of the interactive areas around the Hall of Fame. It's just a great experience. And I would really recommend it to anyone. And also, if you're there, make sure to say hello to Phil Pritchard as well. Thank you for listening to Light the Lamp. I am Alexis Downey. Make sure to come back again next week for more hockey talk right here on DuckStream. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on DuckStream.